Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Singles Match Podcast. I am your host, I suppose, uh, Jamie, and uh, this episode is all about my review for Halloween Havoc, for NXT's Halloween Havoc that happened this past Saturday. Uh, it's a little bit late. Sorry, I'm a busy boy. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's just jump into it. I'm going to break it down. Um, the uh, overall thoughts, actually, I'll give my overall thoughts first. My overall thoughts to start off were the show was incredible. I found it to be really, really good because it kind of had like three major punctuations at the start of the show, in the middle of the show, and at the end of the show. The middle stuff was a bit, you know, less appealing to me um, in a lot of ways. Some things were, were still very good and, and everything like that, but uh, but generally it was, a, it was a very fun show for me. I enjoyed it pretty much throughout. Um, again, there was a couple parts here and there that didn't click with me and, and stuff like that, but overall, very, very fun, uh, show specifically, um, we started off one thing I want to mention before we start off, I'm going to talk about the, the hosts and stuff, but for me, the, the first opening image that I got was I saw a Velma and a Daphne in the audience, which was really fun. Uh, so shout outs to them, whoever uh, dressed up as Velma and Daphne. I love seeing the Scooby, Scooby-Doo gang and uh, the Mystery Machine folk in the, in the, you know, dressed up for Halloween. It's always fun. Um, I'm a big Scooby-Doo fan. Uh, but yeah, and then we got into the show. It kicked off with, uh, with Shotzi the host uh coming down for to be host for the the show um and co-host Quincy Elliott it was fun Shotzi was dressed up in some sick looking Beetlejuice gear it looked awesome shout out to whoever helped her or you know if she did it herself like that gear was awesome so big big shout outs to her um they had a fun little banter thing it was it was cute you can still kind of tell that Quincy is a little bit you know unsure on the mic he's got a lot of charisma like just palpable charisma but in terms of his you know his mic skills and stuff they're still a bit like unconfident there's like wavering parts he doesn't feel as as like you know he's, he's growing he's growing he's new to this so you know it's to be expected for sure but he's still very very charismatic and Shotzi to an extent as well is um is still learning this as well she's like young and you know kind of she handled she didn't have that long in nxt if you think about it she was kind of called up pretty quickly um she had i want to say maybe you know nine months maybe maybe i think could have been more i i don't remember exact dates and times and stuff but yeah either way uh very cool gear and a fun little way to kick off the show um and then uh, in, in the pre-show as well, the kickoff, they did the spin the wheel, make the deal thing for, uh, for Paulo Cruz and Grayson Waller just to decide their gimmick, uh, the gimmick match. And it turns out it was going to be a casket match later on. I didn't watch the kickoff show until, uh, I didn't watch the kickoff show and then they mentioned it and showed replays of it. And then I realized, but yeah, we'll get into that. Don't you worry. But, uh, but yeah, we kicked off the show as we tend to do for, uh, for NXT shows in general. If they have a ladder match, we kick off with a ladder match. So it's a five-man ladder match this time, only five people. We had Nathan Fraser, 
We had Oro Mensa, the newest face to this. We had Von Wagner. We had uh, uh, Wesley, and we had Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Carmelo is a fucking star. Sorry to swear. I tend to swear in these things, but I was hoping not to, but you can't help it. Carmelo is a damn star, and I'm so, so fingers crossed hoping that he he makes his way up to main roster soon, uh, just because he's like, he's earned the respect, he's made it this far, and he's just an incredible talent. Um, but some of the some of the main moments here, I wrote down some notes here, which is kind of new for me. Sometimes I go through this with no notes. Sometimes I go through this with a lot of notes. This is one of those a lot of notes kind of shows. Um, so we had just in, in order of how I wrote them down, we had uh, <laughs> actually what I, what I wrote here was that Nathan Fraser uh, at a few points, I mistook him for Von Wagner because they both have blonde hair at a similar length, not the exact length, but a similar length, blonde hair, and they're white, and they have, you know, they just look very similar from, like, the back at points, and from, like, faraway cameras and stuff. That's just one of the things that I noted down. Um, one of the, the the earlier things was that Oro Mensa did a, did a moonsault, a springboard moonsault, but no hands, and to me, I know that's probably not, like, all that, you know, wild or anything, but I don't see that very often. It was shocking to me. It was just, like, the confidence and the you know, the flip and everything. I was like, whoa, you're not using your hands, man. Use your hands. That's scary. Don't hurt yourself, please. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of, a, a. I missed a little bit of the early parts of this match. I will, I will be honest here. Um, I came from, uh, from a distance and I tried to catch up, uh, but I missed, I, I definitely missed a couple things, you know, major spots and stuff at the start. Um, Apparently, Oro and uh, and Fraser were kind of teaming up at the early half of stuff. Uh, I like it when the baby faces kind of like try to take down the giants and stuff, uh, which is what happened in this one. They kind of all teamed up to beat down Von Wagner at some at, at a later point. Um, one thing early on, early-ish on, uh, was Wesley hit a ladder. Somebody fell down. I want to say it was Nathan Fraser got knocked down, um, and. Uh, and Wesley, kind of like Jeff Hardy, where he'd like use a ladder and like fall with the ladder onto somebody. Uh, he did that, but he like was doing it like a, a seated senton, and he kind of like smacked his taint on the ladder, and it was hilarious. Um, it looked painful, but it it was, was kind of funny because <laughs> um, he could have done anything else, and it would have been you know probably more logical. But he decided to go taint first. And honestly, that's a mood. Um, then uh, another moment in the match, we had Oro Mensa doing a, a dive onto everybody who's outside of the ring. Um, and the man nearly killed himself. He like, he didn't, you know, he cleared the ropes, but he didn't get a ton of leverage too far. I know he's definitely done big dives before and farther dives before, but this one just didn't click super well for him i think he just struggled there a little bit and it looked like he almost clocked his head on the apron and it was scary but uh but he looked okay by the end um then that was when they kind of led into the managers robert stone and uh, and trick williams kind of having a little skirmish on the top of the ladder 
it was kind of funny because they're sticking with the the through line that trick williams is afraid of heights he was like hesitant and stuff and and everything he got knocked off at one point by robert stone but then robert stone got pushed off uh, and hit his junk on the top rope as classic classic heel manager kind of these things um but that was really fun um and then everybody gets kind of knocked out and knocked down wagner i wrote down wagner chucking the ladder was funny but i don't remember him chucking the ladder now i'm forgetting forgetting that spot um but apparently it was funny so good for you von wagner um the this was something that i saw kind of shown around through through twitter and something i was like freaking out about when it happened von wagner was like setting up a ladder bridge uh, to the audience and the in the ring uh, just across there but he pulled out the ladder from under the ring and almost hit a freaking fan in the face the like if the fan was not paying attention in like that moment that person would be like bloody nose something like that because it was like going quick too it wasn't like uh it wasn't a slow moving ladder at that point um but that was crazy uh you could see the ref as well kind of like saying i'm sorry be careful please um so that was a moment for sure an unfortunate moment for vaughn who's currently doesn't have the strongest um reputation i'll say um in terms of like match quality and and stuff like that in ring ability in general ability sorry von wagner um we had uh that that ladder bridge ended up having wagner getting put on it i don't remember by who but somebody put him on it uh and uh and then nathan fraser did a frog splash through the ladder on wagner breaking that uh splitting that in half it was a clean break too which was always fun to see um then we had wesley oh god this is the spot of the night i think um we got wesley getting thrown through the table from von wagner from in the ring all the way to the outside and onto the on the announce table it didn't break the table which was surprising um but he kind of like wesley kind of just like ricocheted off and just bounced and hit the table and hit the floor and it was dirty it was so grody but in like a good way like that was something that kind of revitalized wagner in this match and kind of put him over a little bit more which was nice to see um what else did i say fraser got so close but wagner screws him just like he did lee wagner was kind of like the the spoiler in this match he kept messing with the the baby faces to get heat and stuff which is good he needs he needs the heat um we had uh, at a later part just after that we had oro mensa and nathan fraser kind of double team on wagner and kind of beat him down throw him in the audience which was fun and then everybody buries him under table rubble under everything like that we have a nice little moment here with mensa running and pushing fraser out of the way once he sees that the ring is empty and there's a ladder there and then excuse me and then uh and yeah so mensa like shoves fraser aside and runs to the ladder and then they both go up and they both fight and everything um we had a moment after they kind of get pushed off i believe carmelo hayes stopped them or maybe they stopped each other i can't remember exactly um but we had 
we had Wes Lee returning, staggering and crawling and stuff. He was reaching, he's crawling. Um, there was also a bridge between ladder and rope put to, into place uh, earlier on, earlier on in the night, um, in the match, I should say. And uh, and then Wesley and and Mello were fighting up there. And then we had a sunset flip power bomb. No, we didn't. We had a, a meteora from Wesley onto. Uh, onto Carmelo Hayes, onto the ladder bridge. It didn't break again here, but it was a cool visual, and it looked nasty, too. Carmelo ate that. Oh, he ate that so bad. Um, but it was really cool. Um, Lee was... Lee looked dead, man. He was like a... Jeez, he was... He should not have been standing after uh, bouncing off that table and everything. It looked nasty. But I guess he's a very resilient man, that that Wesley is. Um, and so after that Meteora, he this was something that was, that was kind of surprising to me. I thought that Wesley was going to get stopped by somebody or, or whatever. But he, you know, he, he crawled and scrabbed like the baby face that he is. He climbed the ladder. He touched the title. And I was like, somebody's going to push him. He's going to mess up. And then he took down the title and he won. And I was so happy. Like, the man deserves it. He, he's he been through so many, uh, you know, shitty moments uh, over the past year with, like, losing his tag partner, kind of fi- trying to find his own identity and fitting where he belongs and everything. And now he's a champion and a well-earned champion because his in-ring ability, I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, he's a talent that I think can reach the heights of a Rey Mysterio level. Um, with his stature, his kind of look, it, it's all very like, mar- he's a marketable guy and he's great on the mic, which, uh, which I would not say that Rey Mysterio is. Lee is really talented on the mic. He's great in the ring. He's just acrobatic and fun to watch. And I think that again, he, he's a marketable man. Um, and they called him the cardiac kid, which I really like. I think that's a really fun, you know, nickname, if you will. Um, and then we get the first step into the uh, into the you know antics that we would be having for um, for the women's championship match, if you want to call it that. Um, it was more of the the cinematic element that uh, that they've been doing. We had Alba Fire, uh, and uh, well, we had the Toxic Attraction kind of coming up, and. Uh, and they've been, they're like, I don't know about going to see Alba Fire. She's scary. And then uh, they, you know, they end up doing it because, you know, plot progression. Uh, they go to this weird haunted house. I think it's the same haunted house they used for Loomis and, and Grimes back in the day. Um, and Alba Fire has got this sick fire designed half face paint and it looks so cool. Um, at least in these lights. When it gets to the arena, which it inevitably does, it still looks cool, a little bit more hokey because it's very bright in the bright uh, arena, but uh, but still really cool face paint. Um, I I'm a, generally a big fan of the haunted housey kind of moments and stories and stuff that they tell um, in in NXT specifically. They do it pretty you know pretty well most of the time. I love the Grimes Dexter Loomis one. I like the uh, Mellow and Trick one with. Uh, with Loomis, I think it was Loomis. Yeah, I think it was Loomis uh, as well. Last, uh, I think it was last year. They're all really fun. They're all really, you know, silly and stuff. This one was a little bit 
this hit uh, like in a, in a different way. It was, it was fine. It was, it was fine. I think that's the best way to say it. It was a fine moment and a fine bit of business, but it was still a little bit sucky. And, and I didn't like to see that it was happening for the women's world championship story, unfortunately, because like, you know, those are like the, the meaty, you know, character, you know, built stories and stuff. And this felt like a simple enough story where, Alba wasn't falling for any of the tricks um, of uh, of Mandy and uh, and Toxic Attraction. But, I don't know, it just felt... It kind of lessened the impact of the Women's World Championship, um, for me at least, in terms of them kind of being the goofy story of the night. And I know they did this last year with, uh, with Mello and Trick, and I believe Mello was the North American champion at the time. Um, but I, it's just different. It's very different for me in this way. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, either way, um, despite that, it was still fun. I enjoyed it. Um, there was some, some interesting, like in a similar way to the swamp, swamp match with, uh, with Bray and Braun at, uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules or whatever from a couple of years ago. Um, this one had some like creepy side characters and like just random faces and stuff. They were a lot cooler. They were designed in like a, you know, creepy way and, and everything. Um, they had like kids and stuff, which is funny. Um, and, but you know, it's all a means to an end, I guess. Uh, and then Mandy in the, inevitably gets kidnapped again by, uh, by, uh, by Alba. And then they drive over to the venue to finish the match. You know, good stuff. Uh, good stuff. I think that I was giving the matches scores as well. I gave the latter match a 9 out of 10. I think it was hell incredible. There's moments where I was like, mm, there's this could, you know, tweaks here and there and, and stuff like that. Um, some, some unfortunately, uh, lack, not, not lackluster, but uh, unfortunately spots that didn't hit as well as they intended them to, I think. Um, specifically, the I know I know for a fact they wanted Robert Stone to fall off that ladder and bounce like he just been hung up on the ropes, but he kind of just spilled out to the floor. Stuff like that that just didn't click. It didn't ruin the show by any means, or the match by any means, but, uh, but there was like those moments. This stuff, uh, and, and honestly, let's just jump to the end of, of the Albafire stuff. They ended up having a match. It was the second to last match uh, before the main event. Um, and uh, and yeah, so they get back to the ring. They kind of fight. Rose seems to be messed up. Like she's, she's been messed with mentally by Alba, but then she ends up taking, you know, control. I like, I also wrote down here, I like Rose's gear uh, tonight. Uh, just She always has bomb gear. Um, whoever designs herself is excellent. Um, but, uh, but yeah, also they mentioned on, on commentary that a week from next Tuesday, so not next Tuesday, but the week after that, uh, Mandy will reach a year as women's champion. And I think then we might see Roxanne Perez, which we'll get into later, um, challenge her or take the title from her right at the year mark. That would be my assumption. Um, so, 
Yeah, we got that. Or maybe a deadline, which they announced as well. There's there's going to be a pay-per-view, a pay-per-view, a, a premium live event at uh, for NXT December 10th to combat AEW's uh, ring. Oh my God, excuse me. Ring of Honor show. Um, so yeah, I think that, and then, yeah, and then they kind of fight back and forth. Pretty simple stuff. Pretty classic toxic attraction stuff. Uh, the match was great. Like Alba and, uh, and Mandy have great chemistry together. Um, they, I don't, again, I don't know why they went through this haunted kind of story, but, uh, but either way we had Booker, uh, kind of catching some of the horny bug from Wade and kind of like ogling a little too much at Mandy and stuff. Um, we had some close falls. Uh, Alba got really, really close. Then a like last millisecond pullout of the referee by the toxic attraction. We had a really fun gourd buster. I love a gourd buster. Um, there's no ref, but Alba got like the, you know, visual win. We had a to- uh, toxic attraction hit their tag finish on Alba on the outside. And, uh, and then, uh, and then Mandy wins. Like they roll her back in. Mandy hits the kiss from a rose knee and uh and then Mandy pins and wins and it was a good match what can I say it was a good match nothing you know bad about it just again unfortunate kind of fitting into this story and in terms of the kind of spookiness and and kind of you know it just it took away from the actual like the the impact of the world championship level element to it I think because both are really, really talented wrestlers in the ring. So the kind of caricature character stuff outside, and it just didn't click for me in total. I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. It was good. It was good. It was serviceable. It was fine. But uh, but yeah, after that earlier part, we're going to jump back again. Time for Cruz, Apollo Cruz versus Grayson Walla. We'll get into that. So this is where I kind of fell off for the for the show. I got picked back up uh, in a, a little bit later, but this kind of was the dip in the show that I was not a big fan of, this match in particular. I generally never like a casket match. I like both of these guys a lot. I love Apollo Crews. I think he's one of the most underrated and underused talents in WWE history honestly i think i can confidently say that um and grayson wall is a ton of fun uh very very talented guy um in terms of uh in terms of the match though it was it was middling for me the casket element really took away from it because these guys are really talented together they have a really nice uh you know mesh um i just wrote down here Cruz is fucking awesome which he is very, very talented. I loved his gear as well. My God, the crisp, like powder blue. Oh, it, oh God, I love it. He also looks like he's trimmed down a lot. Like he's not as like, you know, bulked up. He's, he's more leaned up. Um, and, uh, and I love that too. Very attractive man. Um, then, yeah, I just, I, I just kind of spiraled into, into talking about how like, I don't know why or yeah or or how even Apollo became such a strongly supernatural character like the lights out kind of kind of vibe 
he doesn't seem like that. I loved the at the early part. I loved the you know visions he had and the and like he could like kind of parse the future a little bit. Like he kind of got glimpses here and there. It was a, it was a cool kind of new character we'd never seen before, um, and I think that, that could have spiraled into a lot of things that could have you know been a good for story progression and everything but now he's kind of just become a little bit hokey for me a little bit too supernaturally um with like the lights going out and he brought a druid squad to bring out another casket or whatever and it just didn't work for me at all um but yeah that's kind of that's this match is where that kind of kicked off so cruz after a nice back and forth for a little while cruz gets pushed through the lid of the casket so he's not put into the casket he breaks the casket um and is just you know in it but not they they were they were sure to push that it has to be you have to be put into the casket and the lid closed on you um and the lid didn't close on him because he broke through the lid so they needed another casket the lights go out they come back on apollo is you know flanked by druids carrying out another much bigger much heftier casket uh which just made me think what was the point of that if you were just going to bring out a bigger casket anyway and a stronger casket. Why didn't you just bring that out immediately? The whole like first half of the match did not make sense. It did not seem to matter at all. And then that kind of made me feel like I wasted my time and they wasted their time as, as the wrestlers. So to me, it just it didn't work. I think this kind of, it could have been really fun, but it just didn't fit for me. Um, so they have a more a big fight. Uh, there was a hip toss off the casket to the floor. There was a tombstone tease, which was really cool. Uh, just a shout out to Undertaker. Um, but in the end, Cruz Spinebusters Waller into the casket, closes the lid, wins. And, uh, you know, so they both kind of get a win in that respect. So I guess that's why the original casket aspect was brought in. But I just don't think it was necessary. Uh, maybe they just want to facilitate a third match here. I don't know. I don't know. But to me, I gave this a 5 out of 10. I think that might even be a little bit generous because I just, it did not work for me at all. But I think 5 because they, they did have like the makings of a very good match within this. Uh, it was good throughout in certain spots but the kind of overarching casket match aspect took away from it quite a lot for me so five out of ten for me there then we get a little cute uh, a little cute vignette thing i love these every time they happen it was a chase you uh you know in class thing and and everything they talked about the history of halloween havoc and where halloween havoc started we see that uh, uh bodie hayward doesn't you know, he's not doing well in class anymore. He's not, you know, he's not as educated as he used to be, or he's not taking it as seriously or whatever it is. Uh, and then we find out there's a new exchange student and it's Duke Hudson, my favorite. I love Duke Hudson so much. He's so funny. He's so talented and he's so underused right now. Um, so this is hopefully going to get him back on TV, back in more of a not prominent position, obviously, because it's Chase U, but in a, in a story. And I like him in stories. He's generally good, except when he's playing poker. 
Um, but he's also like, I think in like his mid to late thirties. So he's a, he's a mature student in chase U, the first one we've seen. So that's exciting. He's, he just wants to learn and he's smart. He knows these things. He answered the question that Bodhi couldn't get right. Uh, he, and then he winks and, you know, his suaveness and everything. Uh, but yeah, very funny little, little side thing. It was very funny. Um, but yeah, then we move on to, uh, to, the grudge match after the pick your poison. We have the weapons wild match between Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez. We'll get into it. So this match in a similar way to Alba fire and Mandy Rose was, I think it was better personally. I enjoyed it more than, uh, than that one just because it was more, you know, set in the fight and everything. Um, it's a nice story. I like, I like both of them quite a lot. I think Roxanne is incredibly talented in the ring, and I think Cora is finding a really strong character right now. Um, and she's pretty decent in the ring as well. Um, I Full transparency, I did not... I was kind of half-watching this while trying to catch up on the things that I missed from the, from the ladder match, so it was kind of like dual-screen watching, so it was a bit tough. Um, and I definitely missed some, some moments, especially earlier on in the match. Um, I got back kind of into deeper in the match by the, there was a bull rope camel clutch spot by uh, Cora onto Roxanne. And it was, it was good. Like that was a really good moment to catch back into. Um, but the match, despite the kind of severity and the aggression of this match, I think, uh, or of this feud rather, I think the match did not live up to that. There were moments where, like, there was some stiffer, stiffer shots. Um, I think the Liv Morgan and uh, and Ronda Rousey Extreme Rules match did a better job uh, than this one in terms of creating, a, a, you know, an aggressive style and and the the way they hit each other in this match was a little bit not as aggressive like they did with the the other. Uh, with with the live and and Rana one, but it it felt in a very similar way where it was kind of like, you know, the baby face trying to like, you know, fight back against the the baddie. There was some fun trash can moments and and some fun chair moments. Um, I one thing I really I can say about Roxanne is the way that she hits her thes presses like her you know her punch or like chaos punches, uh, which I like to call them. Um, they they have a, like a ton of fire to them and that really elevated this match for me specifically um i think that the fire of those like things really reminded us that this is like a blood feud um and i think that the story has been harmed by the swiftness at just how fast they broke up after winning the tag titles and how like their relationship hasn't really be wasn't really like strongly presented um, but the Fez presses were great. Lots of fire that got me back into it. I also loved Roxanne's gear and part of, um, uh, part of this match also, which was so nice for me, um, just because I know the, the history a little bit was that Roxy, Ro Roxanne Perez, uh, used to be trained at the reality of wrestling by B Booker T who was on commentary here. So it was a really nice moment to feel and then like hear Booker T commentate over, Roxanne's kind of next step it was very very nice to see um 
but she does need a character because she doesn't feel like a character at all. She needs a character very, very much right now. Um, we had some kendo stick stuff, of course, with Kor's, you know, specific kendo stick that she, the black kendo stick that she has. Um, they fight through the crowd at points, uh, and then they make their way up to the crow's nest. Um, Jade rips off the the opening so there's a gap so they can fall through. They do. Um, it was it was a bit messy. It looked like Jade, and Jade was like begging for for Roxanne not to do it, and then Roxanne didn't really do it, and then they went down together. It was kind of I don't know something didn't click there. I think that it would have been better if it was like a cross body of some sort or you know something to show that they went over together this one kind of they just like both fell back they both fell back into it uh like they were falling as as one together in a hug almost um off a cliff i don't know um but uh but yeah pop the we then made our way back to the ring we had uh a pile of chairs that had been left there um we had a back body drop from Roxanne onto it, uh, flipping core there, and then a pop rocks onto the pile of chairs. One, two, three, and Roxanne wins. Again, this is where I think it's going. I think they're going to go for Roxanne taking the title from Mady Rose at the next available time, whenever they decide to do it. But I think that's what they're building towards. Mandy's beaten everyone, and uh, and I think that this is where Roxanne takes it. And I think they love her a lot. I think that she's uh, she's proven herself, the, her her worth, and everything, and then shown herself to be somebody that that they really you know click with, and that's awesome. But uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, Roxanne wins, and and again, as I say, probably moves on to face Mandy Rose at some point. Um, but yeah, after that, we move on to uh, the hosts back in the ring. They're talking about stuff. Uh, and then they get interrupted by Lash Legend, baby. What a fucking fun character. I love Lash Legend. I think she's so good. I think that uh, also her, uh, her outfit was hot. Like the freaking like sheer, uh, like long dress and the, like, it, it was like space. There's sparkles and shines and shimmers. It was splendid. Um, but she interrupts the hosts, you know, Shotzi ends up getting physical. It was kind of messy in terms of Shotzi and, uh, and Quincy trying to like create chemistry together where there wasn't really much. Um, but Shotzi gets physical, hits Lash with a DDT and stands tall just to pop the crowd a little bit. Um, again, love Lash legend. I think she's a super talented person uh in the ring she's still coming along a bit but she's talented nonetheless um and then we have the announcement uh, uh also by the way i gave the uh, jade perez match another 6.5 i think i preferred it a little bit to mandy and alba but uh, it's same grade for me because it kind of fit the same mold and and filled the same emotional i could give it like a 6.6 .6. how about that um but yeah, after after the Lash Legend beatdown thing, we had a backstage thing with Schism. They were talking to the red hooded figure, and it's going to be revealed on Tuesday, and we are going to find out who the hooded figure is. 
I don't have any guess as to who it could be. I think right now I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards Isla Dawn just because she's the spooky character that has not been released from, uh, from WWE after the UK uh, shutdown. Um, so I'm thinking it's going to be, uh, it's going to be Isla Dawn, but it could very well be somebody else. I don't know. <clears throat> So yeah, that's going to be revealed next Tuesday. So that's exciting. Um, and then we get to the middle match that I loved and I think stole the show almost for me until the main event, the main event, we'll get into that. Oh boy. Um, but we went to the ambulance match between Julius Creed and Damon Kemp. This was a match that I was so unsure about. I thought there was a very big possibility that we could see the Creed's either break up or shift over to main event uh, to the main roster. I didn't know how they were going to do this, but I was like almost confident, like almost certain at, at certain points that Kemp was going to win because that would have been a really interesting story to tell and, and a path that I had no idea how they would tell it. This one did a good job of that as well. And I think it opens up doors for a very interesting possible future and things. But as of right now, it, they told it in a way that I think gets lots of things over and succeeds in a lot of ways. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm now really interested to see how it would have been told if it went the opposite way, but obviously they didn't, they didn't think about that because they didn't make it go the opposite way. So we have, <clears throat> sorry, water time. Agua is the best gua. Um, so yeah, we start hot, which I love, especially with Blood Feud, something that I don't really feel like Jaden Perez got super well. This one got so, so strongly, was they were really, you could feel they were beating the hell out of each other. They didn't care. It was messy. It was dirty. It wasn't clean. Nothing felt, you know, you know, thought out or anything. It was all very direct and everything. It was, it was great uh, in terms of like they'd had these story beats, but they didn't like plan them out. You couldn't see that they were like, okay, we have to do this here. And I think that just comes with Creed specific kind of clicking with this business and, and how it works and, and doing so well there. But uh, yeah, it was, it was so great. This is a match that I don't think I can, this and the main event, I don't think I can do justice with breaking it down match by match or move by move. Um, but it was really, really fun. We had... Um, a crutch become involved. Kemp gets thrown into the ambulance, but blocks it with a crutch. Um, so it doesn't close on him. He fights back. Um, it's, it's really bloodthirsty and physical. Um, and, and I will say that Damon Kemp is doing so well. He, he's really been impressing me so far, he, not just in the ring, but on the mic as well. His like his short, you know, promos and stuff that he's been doing. To be fair, not none of, none in front of a crowd yet, from my understanding, um, or very minimal in front of a crowd. Um, I think he does it really well. He's pretty confident on the mic. He sounds, you know, powerful and and you know confident. Yeah, best word I can use is confident. But what I've been I've been thinking about this a lot. So they've been talking about how Gable Stevenson is having a hard time kind of clicking to the business. Um, as much as they want him to, 
And I think that it would be a really cool moment if they brought in Gable Steveson to team with his brother, who's Damon Kemp, um, to face off the, against the Creeds. I think that would be a really cool moment. And I think it would help Gable Steveson like, lose a little bit of the pressure that he's got on himself to be just thrown right into the main event, uh, or right into the main roster, rather, when he, you know, he's an amateur wrestler, which is great and all, but, you know, you gotta... There's an element of NXT that's really important, I think, some people can bypass it and succeed, but generally it's hard to do so. Um, I think, especially if you're jumping into a business that you've not done before, it's good to start off at the bottom so that you can kind of feel and, and get the idea of how it's supposed to go. Um, but yeah, I think Cable Stevenson and Damon could be a really fun team together to face against the Creeds um, and, and build them up that way, give them some you know expertise and stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, at some point they also involve a wheelchair, something, uh, attributed to Roddy Strong. So shout out to Roddy. Um, he, it was really fun. They, so Creed put Kemp in the wheelchair, used the crutch to like hold him there. Um, it was really funny. He like, he got pushed from the wheelchair into some steps that were kind of half in, half out of the ring. Uh, face first and then he did like a back bump from the wheelchair they did it again he kind of like just pulled him down from the wheelchair very fun stuff it was very very silly um at points but silly in not a like a, a laugh out loud kind of way it was like a this is a kind of funny moment to break up the the animosity and everything and it was still smartly done and it made sense to do it just was a bit you know, I don't know. It, it just felt, it didn't felt feel like fun for comedic effect. It felt like fun for cleverness, I guess, is how I'm supposed to, is how I'm trying to, trying to explain that. Um, but yeah, it was very fun. Um, the, so the story ended, I guess. The story kind of broke down with, um, with, so Julius Creed got thrown into the ambulance. I thought this was the end, basically. It was it was kind of crescendoed too slightly. So I was like, this would be an interesting place to end, but it wouldn't feel too rushed. Um, but Creed then put his hands on the door as Damon went to close it, and it didn't actually close. It bounced off his hands, and he, he hurt his hand, and he did it again. He hurt his hand, and he did it a third time, hurt his hands, but he was like, I need to protect my brother. I will put my body on the line to protect my brother. I don't care. I'm here to fight for him, and I will not do anything but win. And that is such a strong story beat that I'm so happy that this ended up turning out the way that it did. Um, uh, then Creed kind of bursts through, beats down, uh, you know, with the adrenaline in his hands and everything, kind of, you know, giving him the power and everything. He power bombs Damon through a stretcher. He, you know, carries him over to the ambulance, throws him in, shuts the door, done and dusted. Uh, Julius Creed wins, and God, what a match. I gave this eight and a half uh, because, you know, again, it was it was messy in a great way, in a story-driven way, but uh, but it did some, some things did uh, similar to the uh, the Roxanne Cora Jade match, they did feel a bit contrived. But uh, but yeah, in the end, Julius Creed wins. I think this was 
in the grand scheme of things, the right choice. Uh, I think that uh, they really see something in him as well. And obviously, because he's a, he's a star, basically. Um, but Diamond Mine, uh, or Creed wins, and Diamond Mine celebrate together to end. Uh, and then from there, we jump into the Mandy Alba Part 2 aspect, where the actual match ended um, and began, I guess. Um, and, and yeah, so now... Uh, we jump into the stuff set for next week. We have two tag title matches. We have Nikita Lyons and uh, and Zoe Stark versus the uh, tag champs of Katana Chance and Gaden Carter. Um, and we have uh, Idris Anofa and Malik Blade versus uh, Pretty Deadly, which I'm so pumped for. I love Idris and, uh, and Malik, so yay, 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 yay. We also get an, it announced that Shotzi Blackheart, or I guess Shotzi now, uh, is going to face Lash Legend on NXT in a proper match. And then we also have the Schism reveal announced too. So a couple things, some big things for uh, for this NXT coming up. I'm excited. Um, give the you know the major players here a little bit of time to you know cool their jets and keep stuff still feeling a bit exciting. And then, ladies and gentlemen, we get into the main event of the evening. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's Braun Breaker versus JD McDonough versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Men's World Championship. God, I can't. Ah, I can't contain it. Oh, baby, this match. Braun Breaker, JD McDonough, and Ilya Dragunov deserve a pat on the back at least for the the match that they put on here it started off a bit you know samey a bit simple you know as they usually do but as the match went on the amount of just grit and toughness that these guys showed the hard-hittingness and and it's really interesting how braun has kind of developed it's kind of i guess it's it's to be expected but when he is with really like polished people, he can look like an unbelievable star. Like with Champa, his matches were great. And here with two really talented younger guys in Ilya Dragunov and JD McDonough, he looked incredible. The power, the explosiveness, all three of these guys super explosive. JD McDonough, a little bit more, you know. He really stuck out in this match for me, unfortunately. I would have preferred, I think, in total to have seen uh, to have seen it just be Braun versus Ilya Dragunov because just the story there of, like, who's going to quit first, who's going to, like, give up first, I think that would have been a bit more enjoyable. But then you have the little humor bits and stuff with them kind of turning towards JD and attacking him and JD kind of playing puppeteer at some points and, and things like that. So... I don't I can't really complain about that but when I say you need to watch this match you need to watch this match. Some of the sequences that they put together are incredible. There was a really cool sweep near the beginning of the match um by JD. He like he like used his legs to like hook and sweep. It was weird but uh and it's hard to explain but it was really really cool. Then uh I'm not I'm going to go through some of the beats in this match um but like truly just go go and watch it if you have a chance if you have the time it was a great match you had one of my favorite things that Ilya does is his 619 clothesline thing where he gets like thrown into the ropes and he does a 619 spins out and hits a spinning clothesline 
it's so smooth. It's like exactly what Dean Ambrose's old move and, and what Kyle O'Reilly does where they do the like fall back into the ropes and spring off of it pendulum kind of thing. It's it's what that wants to be, this move, because it's just like chaos and spinning and he's he's like doing ballet. It's unbelievable. We had some a moment where Ilya jumps on Braun's back and just hits some up and down elbows on the top of his head, kind of like bionic elbows. Uh, there was a coast-to-coast where JD ate that whole thing right to his mouth. It was wild. Um, yeah, there was a bo- back body drop to, I believe it was uh, it was JD by Braun, just like up into the freaking stratosphere. Um, I'm just reading the notes that I have here. Um, they beat JD back and forth. Uh, there was a gorilla press by Braun on Ilya, and... Uh, and then JD broke that up with a headbutt on Braun, and then Ilya just like cu- like got dropped anyway. It was cool. It was smooth. There was a Frankensteiner into a powerbomb, uh, which is basically exactly what they have in those video games, in the WWE games. I've definitely put that on tag teams before in, in the games that I've played. Um, just like heavy, meaty strikes that just look dirty. It was just like, ugh. And it looked like it hurt everybody involved. They had like a three-way chop-off, punch-off thing. Um, But I wrote here multiple times, Dragunov is incredible. (laughs) He's probably one of my favorite wrestlers to date, uh, right now at least. Um, You know, it's just, it's unbelievable. There's, uh, I mean, I could say, there there was a double German suplex spot. There was uh, JD trying to steal bronze finish. Um, there was a sequence. Oh my God, there was a sequence. So Ilya hit a power bomb onto Braun, hit him with a falling forearm. Bam. Went for the cover, kicked out, got pushed off and got caught. Did Ilya by a 450 by, uh, JD McDonough who pinned him. Uh, Ilya kicked out. Then JD jumped over, tried to pin, uh, Braun again, kicked out. And then they got to a point where he hit a brain buster, which was so clean as well. Just the sequences, the strategy, the minutia of this match, the like cleanness of it all was so good. There was a really almost dangerous Asai moonsault where JD did a moonsault to the outside. Um, but he 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 went too high and didn't arc it enough. And so he almost like he basically went up and down in like almost the same position, just a little bit further away. And it, he almost got hit, but they went in and they saved him from from that spot. It was really, really nice. There was, um, there was a kick out by Dragunov from Braun's military press finish thing. We had a torpedo Moscow, which would have gotten the pin, I'm certain. Except JD came in and caught the ref's arm before the three count. Just, like, just, like, and I mean just, in the slimmest of margins, he caught his hand. It was unbelievable. Um... Uh, we have JD wanting to break Ilya's leg. We had a torpedo Moscow off the steps and clacking heads with, uh, with JD McDonough. It looked like it threw Ilya loopy. Um, like he was like really dazed. He looked knocked out almost. I don't think he was. I think it was acting, but like the way he was like selling it, that was the idea that he was giving off. Um, but Ilya, one of my favorite things about Ilya is that he makes everything feel so much more real. He makes it all feel like it's do or die. It's, you know, he needs this, you know, and that is something that I do not feel from any 
other wrestler. And I think I can say that pretty confidently. There's no other wrestler that makes me feel like Ilya Dragunov makes me feel the moves, at least from what I'm watching. I don't know. There's probably a ton of other wrestlers that do it, but from where I, from my viewing experience, that's all. And man, oh man. There was uh, the, the ending sequence, which I'll just jump to here. It saw Braun catching a torpedo Moscow, uh, kind of out of the air. It was more like a running thing, but he ate, he ate, he eats a spear. Braun pins Ilya to win. Uh, it's just like the desperation in this match entirely. Like all of them felt like they wanted it. They needed it. And then Braun won it. And uh, and in the end, he holds up his championship. The little signal in the bottom says that we're going off the air. Are we going to hear Austin Theory? No, we don't. We don't hear any Austin Theory. He's not back. He's not coming back. Or he's not uh, cashing in, at least tonight. To be fair, this would probably have been the match where... Uh, he should have cashed in. Because, man, what a match. And what a messy dirty match too i do want to see austin theory uh cash in for the nxt title i think that one it will make nxt feel more special and bigger um but i think also it will just it's more fitting for him right now he's young when he's young two he's not built up enough for roman and i don't want to see another failed cash in and it just doesn't suit his story. Him winning didn't make sense in the beginning, especially with all of his losses, him losing and losing and losing. But this makes sense. You know, this makes a lot of sense. It would fit. I still have hope that they're going to do it. Maybe not yet. I don't know when. I don't know who's next for Braun. I don't know. I'm excited to see where this stuff goes. But right now, I'm just really happy with how those three matches in particular, the main event, the opening ladder match, and then the uh, ambulance match with Creed and Kemp, and Kemp, those three matches stole the show for me. They crescendoed as well. It was just unbelievable. This match, I didn't actually rate yet. I, I was, I, I forgot, I guess, but I think it's near a 10. I think it's as near a 10 as it can be. Like the amount of like on the edge seat and, and I, I live alone right now, uh, and I don't watch this with anybody, uh, but the amount of times I said verbally, oh my god, and like like actually pop myself, that that just speaks volumes, I think, and I think that, you know, yeah, truly, it was just an, an incredible main event to cap off a really fun show, some some messy stuff, some unnecessary stuff, and some not great stuff in between, uh, in between this card, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see, and we're going to get the schism reveal, which I'm actually really interested in. Again, I think I'm thinking it's Ilya. It's, it's Ilya. It's Isla Dawn. Um, I don't know if I want it to be or not, because I don't know if that will up schism or if that will down Isla. I don't know, but, uh, Either way, I'm intrigued. I want to see where this goes. I want to see who, uh, like who's next for who and where things are going to go. I'm very, very intrigued. Um, but my predictions currently, uh, Roxanne Perez beats uh, Mandy Rose for the title at her one-year anniversary 
of holding the championship. I think that Wesley and Von Wagner are probably going to go at it in some sense. Um, I'm excited for the Chase U stuff with Duke Hudson. Cora Jade, I'm not sure where she goes from here. Maybe she sets up something with, I don't know, Alba Fire could be fun. Unless Alba Fire might be getting called up. I think she should be. I think that would suit her very well up on Maine with the like mystique of it all. I think that would be really cool. Um, and then for Braun, literally, I have no idea. Maybe a one-on-one with, with Ilya in the near future. I think that would be great as well. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, we got two two tag matches on NXT this week and a whole bunch of exciting stuff to come. So yeah, thank you for listening to this if you've listened this far. Um, and thank you if you haven't listened this far. Either way, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And, uh, you know, enjoy wrestling, people, because it's great. And it's just getting better. So take it easy and uh, rock on. Bye-bye. This is an outro. This is an outro. This is an outro. This is an outro. Probably a placeholder, but it's an outro. So get out of here, guys. Goodbye.